All too often, it is assumed that if you give students the freedom, and it's a mistake to think we're talking about giving students freedom rather than seeking it as a project that teachers and students are working on together, there will be chaos that no serious discussion will ensue. Ah, that's the difference education as the practice of freedom makes. The bottom line assumption has to be that everyone in the classroom is able to act responsibly. That has to be the starting point, that we are able to act responsibly together to create a learning environment. All too often, we have been trained as professors to assume students are not capable of acting responsibly, that if we don't exert control over them, then there's just going to be mayhem. This two-part dialogue between Ron Scapp and Bell Hooks in her chapter titled Building a Teaching Community in her book, Teaching to Transgress. Welcome to season four of Safe Topics. In this series, we're talking about books. And other things. Yes, other things, but we're going to go deep on some books. Not like a full book review, but like a chapter by chapter review, which I guess adds up to a full book eventually. <laughs> yes. And we're going to talk about anything else that makes us think about how we teach and why we teach. And we want you, the audience, to join us. Listen for details about how to do that at the end of this episode. All right, here we go. Mayhem. Yes. Anarchy. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> is this a real fear? I, I think it is that, that things will devolve into um, what you don't want, I guess, is what, what that is. Yeah. I, you, know, I also... you, you know, I'm a fan of mayhem, though. So it's like. <laughs> right, right. Right. Well, I think along with that, and, and this comes up in the chapter too, it's a fear of maybe not even like, let, let's say it's not a fear of the chaos and the mayhem, the noise and the wildness of the room. Right. Um, it's a fear of the non-seriousness of that kind of classroom work. Right. It's when you. When the you, lack of rigor. Exactly. The rigor, Yes. Right. Yeah. I think it's more of that. Yeah. 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 Um, and then maybe also just the fear of just the risk itself just the i haven't seen this modeled like this i didn't have a teacher who did it like this uh i i know other people try it like this but for me that first step is it's still like a first step in anything it's just it is a risk you ever watch a movie and it's about college and they're taking a college class how do you feel when you're watching that representation of the work that you do so that so I'm thinking the typical scene is like like a stadium style. You know, Ben Stein is the professor. That's a, <laughs> let's just get it out there. Isn't so, he always playing the professor? Right. Yeah. Exactly. And the dry Bueller. Bueller. Yes. That? Yes. Um, that's definitely not what my class feels like. I know. I'm asking, how do you feel when you see this is this is how people this is how your work's being represented? Or it's like, you know what the other one is? I got the you. the the lecturer is like so dynamic and just like right. boom, boom, boom. I want to think that I'm that way, but you know, like I'm not as smooth. Like it's so scripted and it's yeah. literally scripted. So I get it. Yeah. No, no, no. That's that's right. That's right. I think with all movies, when you watch your profession, 
you're just suddenly that that suspended disbelief just pops right like it's not like that <laughs> yeah I, I used to build window uh frames and stuff and every, anytime mm-hmm. someone runs through a big glass storefront i'm like no sorry you'd bounce right off that's ridiculous anyway i, I used to make sub sub sandwiches and they make them always look so miserable it's exactly like that <laughs> perfect <laughs> anyway <laughs> yeah no i think so okay so in this chapter um um Bell Hooks and Ron Skep are having this back and forth. And one of the things I love about this chapter is um, how, how, how they grapple with this sort of like abstraction of pedagogy and practice, but they also go into their classrooms and they have this great sort of sharing of stories and for instance and in examples. And one of the things Hooks says at one point is she had this class that she hated. She like couldn't sleep at night because she was worried she wouldn't be able to get up for it the next day right. and 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 it was because she just was struggling over like there's 40 other people in the room and she had validated their agency and it was taking them in a direction she couldn't fully control and then she contrasts that with another class where it was just you know popping um and i feel like that's that's my lived experience with class community right Is, just, it, which one well, it's, it's a mix of all those. Right? Oh, right. You know, have you had that feeling of dread of going into a class because the dynamic, the environment was oh, yeah. so bad? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, have wow. You, okay. Okay. What was that like? Speak. Oh, yeah. No, it's <laughs> yeah. just, it's that feeling of like, I want so badly for this class to get like into something, right? To like, yes. and I've tried over and over like, my whole toolkit is just on the table <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and nothing's happened. And, and that's that, that's for me, that's that feeling of dread. It's like, I, I got like, I, I'm at, I, I don't know what else to do. And it, yeah, we can unpack that further. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you, did you come to peace at some point? Did you like find the thing that helped maybe not even the situation, but not fix the thing that you perceive as the problem, but, but help you in your thinking about it? It's what I do, and I appreciate Hooks Hooks has some lines we can look at. What I do is I reflect on whose needs are taking priority. Like, I don't need to walk out of a class feeling all bubbly. Like, that is not why we do this class. Like, my students' needs and what their their goals are for that class and how my class is serving those goals, that's that's the greater need. And so I'll I'll vocalize that in the class, like, you know, th- this isn't going in the direction I'm anticipating necessarily. How's it going for you all? And, I, and yeah, I'll have yeah, surveys yeah. and I'll get their input and we'll try lots of things. But at one point it, it has just come down to like, okay, you need to be able to complete these tasks so that you get what you've set as a goal to get in the class so you can move on. Right. We're just going to do that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that's a really good question to ask when you're challenged with those kind of things i asked you that because i find that i will go through all the individual stuff like okay maybe i could do this and then i'll switch this up and i need to have a better attitude even right like these are all kind of like the standard things i go i go through and i sure i'm sure others do too but you know what i find is almost always the solution like not the solution but gets me to a way better place 
Hmm. Calling onto my community, calling my community, calling a friend, a colleague, maybe even someone outside of the academy. Yeah, yeah. And saying, this is the situation. Having that perspective, having it from a teacher is great because they could be like, look, this happens. Maybe try this or this. When they get more information, they maybe they have a strategy, another strategy that I can use that'll be helpful. But more important than the strategies is the way of thinking. Uh-huh. And when I pose this question to my friends and colleagues or my friends outside of um, the work that we do, I, I usually get that mindset shift that was really needed, you know? Sure. And um, I wish I could just come up with an example off the top on that, but um, well, I was, I was having trouble. Okay. Well, just like faculty work in general, you know, and I was kind of like feeling a little to the, almost to the point of overwhelm where I'm like, like if one more thing comes in asking me for one more thing, uh-huh. Right. You know, right. Th- that that's about it. Like th- yeah. I I can't and and it, and it did and it was like such a random thing. It was like we have a box with your name on it in this room. Where do you want it? I, <laughs> I don't even know where to start with it. What? Right. From, from somebody that I've never met before. They're just like there's a box in a room with your name. Where do I put it? <laughs> I don't what? So <laughs> you know, I was telling this to my friend they're like well, maybe you should just like, you know, not try to do all of these things at the same time. Right, right. And like that box, if that person, it's so random, that box can wait three days. Right, exactly. You know, like do the other stuff first and then this box, it'll still be there. And if they email you again, like it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and that totally helped. That's you know good. what I'm saying? Like, so no, going out in our community, our teaching communities for the teaching matters, but then also our community outside of what we do really can help us with our perspective on the things that are inside of what we do. If yeah. that makes sense. No, for sure. Yeah. I, I'm seeing this uh, in um, conversations and research around like professional learning. And right. one of the most like, consistently reliable things we can do as teachers to improve not just our teaching, but as you say, just our kind of like how we go about this work uh, in the classroom and outside is pairing up with another faculty member and not even necessarily one who's teaching the same discipline or even the same like student sequence, whatever, just like you're saying, just connecting with each other intentionally and regularly. I think what happens, what I, I feel really blessed to uh, work on campus and be in an office where just walking to my office or walking to my classroom, I see our colleagues all the time and we always stop each other for those great hallway conversations. Mm -hmm. But it's a little different than what you're talking about. It's a little different than like a check-in where Mm -hmm. like every two weeks, we're just going to carve out an hour for ourselves just to talk about how things are, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's huge. That's huge. Or just like on a moment of crisis or impending crisis, yeah. Um, someone that you know will be supportive, but not in a like not in an enabling way. You know, like someone that'll give you real feedback. Yeah. You know, you have like in your community, and you can think about your teaching community this way too. You have the person that's like going to be super harsh. You know. Yes. And sometimes you do want to go to them. 
right? Because right. yes. that that's what that's what's needed at the moment, or that's what you think is needed. But then you have people that are just gonna like be so positive and on board with everything that you do, right? Yeah. And then it's like, well, I just need them if I just need to feel good, you know? Yes, like, exactly. <laughs> totally. But then, but I think the majority of those, you know, and it's not like a lot of people, but um, then you have people that you know will think deeply, listen, listen to what you're saying, and formulate a response that has the greater good in mind, right? Yeah. Of of the students, of you, of everything. And um and, and you need that too. Yeah. So you have these members of your community. And that's kind of where I wanted to go with this discussion today. Cool. You know, with Ron and Bell Hooks. The thing, you know, just to give the audience more context on that, this discussion that, you know, he's like a mid-30s white um, college professor and obviously, huh? Philosophy. Yeah, philosophy professor, right? And, um, you know, Bell Hooks as a a black woman that is um, his senior, right? And, and, um, has more seniority and, and even she says more prestige, right? Like she's more well-known. She has more notoriety and things like that. Yes. Um, and they're having this conversation. And I think part of the point is like, you wouldn't expect these people to have this conversation, but it's also that Ron is a white academic who's open to talking about tough things in the classroom and tough things in life and tough things in philosophy. And they share, like, they have a lot of empathy for each other because their work is not as respected because they go, they they do teach to transgress. They go beyond those boundaries of what shoulds, those, those shoulds in their respective areas, right? And 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 when they do their scholarship, they're also transgressing. Like, you know, Hooks talks about putting a, uh, where, she, where Ron met her, where she met Ron, she was doing a, a talk on Toni Morrison. And there's a line that says, right. like, which was not well received. Um, yes, yes. And then Ron's work, according to this chapter, um, was not, was, was perceived as not doing philosophy because his references were to non-traditional works uh, uh, that aren't necessarily in that mode of philosophy. So both of them are transgressing in their teaching style, their pedagogy, but also in their scholarship, which is pretty, I think they're just, cool. they're a couple of rebels, you know, well, punk rock. It's awesome. I love it. But their, their identities are as, as identity is an important theme in yes. all of bell hooks work. Absolutely. I, I, you know, th- how did this discussion m- make the, you know, uh, make the cut for, for the book, right? Yeah. Um, and it is because of these these identities, in, in large part because of that. Absolutely. So, it, yeah. Go you want to add something? Go ahead. Oh, so just, just you know, so so uh, Hooks frames this dialogue between herself and Ron. Um uh, uh, um, uh, with a bit, with a bit of sort of groundwork, she lays, and one of the things she lays out is, you know, she said, "So I'm on one thirty. To engage in dialogue is one of the simplest ways we can begin as teachers, scholars, and critical thinkers to cross boundaries, the barriers that may or may not be erected by race, gender, class, professional standing, and a host of other differences." This is again Hooks sort of just laying out a theoretical framework as she's doing the thing, right? As sort of, and giving you the practical how to do the theory thing, right? Um, and so one of the reasons she chooses to include this dialogue with with Ron Scap is she says to provide a model of possibility, right? Uh, to choose to engage in a dialogue um, with a person who is different 
and similar. And this is the last thing I'll say just in this kind of setup, Sean, what's what struck me when you start reading the dialogue is that becomes almost a refrain. Like you, you hear this when they respond to each other. OK, in similar but perhaps slightly different mode, I think. And then later, OK, in a different but similar way, my response is right. And so they're kind of constantly identifying with each other a common groundwork, but also so validating the differences between their all those things that they're bringing to this this conversation. Right. Right. And I was thinking, you know, I have these kind of questions to go through of like, yeah, what's your teaching community, Curry? How was it formed? And we're going to get to that. I want yes. I want to get there. Yeah. And then I just thought, as you were saying that, I thought about the podcast. I thought about this and how that often happens for me. Like, and I'll just speak for my experiences. I'll say something and then you'll say, yeah, similar, but in maybe some different ways, something and I do like have a feeling about that, like a feeling of like, I'm about to learn something, you know, right. but it is like a, and to be completely transparent, it's like a slight resistance for like a moment, like a, yeah. okay. Cause you hear that, but you know, and you're like, well, right. how are you just going to like exactly. shit on whatever I just said? You know what <laughs> totally, I mean? Yeah. But then, um, but it never really ends up exactly that way, but I've come to, you know, through repetition, um, learn that this is going to be my opportunity to learn does that you know what i mean oh yeah yeah and um so this in a way we are doing this and we've been doing this for a while so we pretty much know we have a great idea of like us thinking we know about how the other teaches you know yeah and how it's the same or different than what we do um so i don't know i just thought that was kind of cool that that that's that I just had that realization of like, it's going to ask you all these things, but like my teaching community is right here too. This is it. This, I know, this exactly. is my teaching community. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I agree. <laughs> so teaching communities. Yes. Like who is in your teaching community? I know we're not like using a bunch of names and stuff, you know, yeah. but, but um, I mean, if you describe them, I'll know who they are. But like, what what is what what is the composition of uh, your teaching community? How would you describe it? Yeah, um, let me let me go through some some sort of evolutions of it. Sure. When I was I went to a grad program that had a um, a TA uh, op option, so we got to start teaching composition classes as we're completing our graduate work, and the whole model of that program, that TA program, was. You know, you took a class to kind of learn the pedagogy and then, but folks enrolled in that class had taken that class the semester before and were starting to teach their first time. Mm -hmm. And then other students enrolled in that class had been teaching for a while. So a teaching community was really built into that class. And, and part of it was like reading and discussion of theory, but a lot of it was just, oh, what does that look like in your class? Or what do you do when I just faced this thing and, and I had a big problem with it and it was this this rich sharing of, right? Um, so that was kind of the mode of it. And we were all graduate students. So it was fairly, I mean, we were different backgrounds, all obviously uh, ethnically diverse, you know, all the good things. Um, but we were also kind of in the same boat. So since then, I would say now my teaching community um, is made up of folks in my discipline, but who teach in different modalities, who are right. traditional, I like straight rows, and I do these things. And also, you know, we mess up the rooms and we gather in different ways. 
but also in my teaching the rebels the re- yes the the punk rockers yeah uh, I, I have them all in my head right now i see their faces i see their little <laughs> punk rock faces in my head right now right and i'm stretched by both i'm stretched by yeah. both like you know um but i'm also i'm also really um pursuing of relationships with my math colleagues who teach um as well as um you know uh my counselor colleagues and or folks who are are, are thinking of a student you know as a a body and as a you know a, a you know needing to think about schedules and all these things um which stretches me and 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 helps me in a lot of ways too yeah yeah that that evolution is is interesting because you had a real structured yeah um experience right yes. um, Later, yeah Strong which foundation. I think super beneficial, especially starting out. Yeah. Do you feel like that kind of limited the way you think about teaching communities, though? Because structure does limit us, right? For good or for bad. Right. Um, yeah. So I'll start there. Do, do you think it limited you in, in your thinking about teaching communities in any way? Um, it definitely gave me a sense that community was important and and initially, it should look like people who teach what I teach and how, kind of how I teach, for right. sure. You know, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know you said most of the work that you do is in your department with people in your discipline. But then, you know, there's there's these opportunities from the outside. Where do you learn the most? You know, is is it in that community of people who do you know are teaching the same things, yeah. or is it the people outside of there? No, it's it's a really that's a good question, and I think. I don't want to give a fuzzy answer like it depends or kind of both, but just (laughs) as an example, like when I first started teaching online, there were not, I didn't know a lot of people in my department who were teaching online. The the, the more dynamic online teachers and thinkers were outside of my department, not teaching writing. Right. But then there came a point where like what they were doing didn't quite apply to what I needed to have happen because of I'm process oriented and, and, you know, uh, uh, want sort of collaboration and feedback. So I, then I had to look in, you know, more insular, like what are we going to do as this as composition compositionists, et cetera, who, who's out there writing about this, what cool journals are out there about this. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and when we think about these teaching communities, they're like, you know, I think of a Venn diagram, but then are they Venn circles? Is that what they are? <laughs> yeah. Are they? Well, like Venn circles, that's Venn what diagram? we call them. You know yeah, how Venn diagram, you got the two circles, right? the overlap, which yes. are the same, right? Yeah. But then what are the actual, are they Venn circles? Because now what if you start adding more to the Venn? Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not sure what the technical words are for that, but I can I can picture what you're describing. Well, so What I'm Venn- thinking, yeah, and hopefully yeah. the audience can too, this audio <laughs> format. Um, <laughs> so the, the, the Venn diagram, and you have these circles. Yep. So each teaching or learning community however you want to describe that like the community yes at work that there's a bunch of different circles and then they they overlap at different places right right and i think about the teaching communities and how like you and i we have overlap in quite a few of them but then there's spots that i'm totally at and you're totally at that never have contact with one another sure right yeah um, and maybe we'll talk about those with each other. So there's the overlap, but there's no real involvement, engagement, um, investment 
right? In in um being in that space. For sure. You yeah, think I about do. committees or something, right? Yeah. Um well you're in a lot more now because you uh Oof. have have a role on you know in our governance structure in the Senate that that as as the vice president, you're just in a lot of circles now, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. But we still have some overlap. That was all. I just thought that was interesting. I don't know. I wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> um, so you just made me think of another teaching community that was really powerful in my in my growth as an educator. Um, it was an equity-minded teaching uh, practice uh, conference we went to, and it was a sustained year-long project. So we were we were invested in each other's practice and we would look, go to each other's classrooms and we would sort of meet before and meet after. It wasn't about evaluation at all. It was just about how do we disrupt these, you know, race-based power structures and how do we build community starting on day one? We were math faculty, biology faculty, yeah. English faculty. I mean, across the board, computer science faculty. And, you know, at that level, our disciplines... Like you're saying in the Venn diagram, like I would have to say to my math colleague, like, okay, in this, this class, I'm going to teach this. And at that point that my math colleague would just sort of listen and nod and appreciate my words. Um, but, <laughs> right. but when we got to the, because I want my students to experience this with each other and, and sort of, you know, to go back to bell hooks, sort of have that sense of responsibility over their own learning that's where we were totally in the same sphere, right? In that same part of the Venn diagram, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So does my description of a teaching community just sort of map onto yours or are there other ways that you you know your teaching community or other people in that community? No, it's totally different. I didn't have that structure in graduate school. Yeah. We never even talked about teaching once in graduate school. Um, yeah. But I was obsessed with teaching. So I, I did my own self-study. Yeah. See, this is why we could see these two different trajectories leading to two different approaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll say that because my approach is my teaching community. And, and this may sound like not, I don't want this to come off as like, whatever. I'm just going to, whatever. I feel like my teaching community is really whoever I'm talking to at that moment. That That's it. I don't feel a part of any group, really. And I think this goes back to, like, that's what, the way my life works in a lot of ways, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't belong to a particular race or ethnicity or, you know, um, social class. I mean, now more more time in this one than than in the others, maybe, but... Like, I feel like I'm always kind of floating around and, and, and learning from and really building relationships and being able to work with people on cool stuff. Um, but then when it comes to community, I have like people that I'm close with, but it's not really in it. We're not, I'm not part of communities that are going deep on like, online learning i mean i'm part of a committee that does that right sure. yeah that's different than a, a teaching community though to me mm-hmm. um so i don't really have that experience of like having communities of practice and as my uh, you know i've been in a role for four years as as um a coordinator of a teaching and learning center and like you would think that's like a default thing that you would create these learning communities 
But like, that's just like not my way of going about things. I've, I've collaborated and worked with so many people at the college though. Sure. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't know. And I think that my approach has, has led to, you know, I, I know a lot of fucking people, you know, yeah. and, and, <laughs> And I know where to go for information. And I do really, you know, I've said it before on this podcast. I say it all the time. It's like, I really do approach every conversation, any space that I'm in as like, I'm here to learn, you know? Right. Um, And so, you know, I don't want to say the world is my teaching community. Right, right. right. It's not really exactly like that. Um, But I, I don't. I don't like getting boxed in for too long on one topic. And maybe that's why we just do an hour here and then we move on to something else. No, that's interesting. I, I feel like the the communities I've been a part of where we are going deep on something, yeah. it's, beca- it's because we have a shared need for something or or we're 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 um we're we're sharing some kind of I don't know theory or or a pedagogical approach on something, right? Like that that's what for me has sustained. It's Am I reason. part of one of those though? I are, must be. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Are you? <laughs> oh, see, so you don't even know either. So I think this floater thing is real. <laughs> it could be, it could be, but so, but you're also making me think of just how we, we teach in different ways, but also how we, we, I'm trying to find the right word, how we simply are like how, like our, our habits of being on a campus whether that's because we've sort of formed those ourselves or because of circumstances that sculpt that for us. And what I mean by that is like the difference between um, an associate faculty member who teaches on multiple campuses, who by virtue of doing that needs to be on campus for a certain amount of time and then needs to be on another campus, right? And or someone like me who really like my schedule at this point is I teach on uh, Mondays and Wednesdays. And so I'm present on campus on those days. And then I teach online. So I have Tuesdays and Thursdays, but I tend to stay home. Right. So I am present on campus and I can have those hallway meetings sometimes, but then sometimes I'm totally just at home. Right. Um, And I think that makes me think of, of towards the end of this chapter uh, Bell Hooks is and Ron Ron Scapper talking about how Hooks is very famous, like she's a celebrity, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of that, she gets to teach on other campuses. Sure. She's very influential from like yeah. you know a conference level. And Ron Scapp, I think I think it's him who says, you know, a lot of us teach in obscurity, like we teach in this sort of like nobody really sees me teach. Yeah, I yeah. Really see other people teach. I I know there's others, but I'm kind of isolated within this institution or whatever it is you know yeah. what i mean yeah so yeah. you're a, go ahead no no finish your thought so i was just gonna say so you're a floater yeah and i tend to sort of kind of desperately cluster people around me to help solve problems i'm obsessed with <laughs> <laughs> but there's all kinds of other experiences right yeah yeah no that's interesting because i think that um there there's there's often a two-way street of envy with with those types right right like, right. oh, it'd be so great to be so, you know, well-known um, and right. famous and invited to do all these things. Everybody wants to be your friend, right? Yeah. Um, Kind of thing. And then that person, though, 
might be like, I don't want anyone to know me. Nobody talked to me. I wish I could just teach my classes, exactly. go home in peace, exactly. and watch my stories. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like that, 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 totally. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. I think that, you know, that's the grass is always greener kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah. I think being a floater, it, it it's fun, but then there's no real sense of like real community. And it, it makes me wonder, do these communities need to, you know, go for a long time and be so deep and so sustained or, you know, they'd be pop-up communities, you know, like the, yeah. it's kind of there for a bit and then it's gone. And I think about both of the work that we do, you know, because we're talking to each other and we're part of teaching communities. Yeah. I feel like, and you could, you know, I, I want you to describe it too, but I, I feel like what I'm good at is like, I'm good at like, like getting people together for something, excited about something. I'm good at setting things up for opening day. Hmm. And you are good at like maintaining things for the long haul. Hmm. I think of some of the projects that you're a part of, and I'm like, I really admire the sustainability of them. Hmm. I don't have any of that. Like, I'm like, blow things up for a moment. And then I got to build up to blow up another moment, you know, (laughs) and I don't think either of those are wrong. Like, I don't I don't dislike my approach. Yeah, I I don't even know if I have a desire to do it the other way. But I do have an admiration for building longer, sustaining things, you know. Yeah. Um, And and that's what makes like the workplace and, and just diversity of the way we go about our work really great is that both can exist at an yeah. institution, you know, for sure. But, and that's why I'm, you know, when we timestamp this, I'm ending a four year um, commitment as being the coordinator of the teaching and learning center. And the most exciting part to me about it is not even that this, this work is going away from me, or I'm not going to be able to, you know, not attend these meetings or be whatever. And, you know, th- those things make me sad and happy, but um, I'm so excited for the next person, you know, like that's the most exciting thing to me is like, I'm so happy to see somebody else in that role and see what they want to do with it. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, so I, it's, uh, this is how we, we benefit each other, right? It's that different, but similar. Cause I think the long sustained project also suffers a bit from a lack of that sudden burst of enthusiasm and energy. attrition there's attrition involved in that yeah exactly it's a it's a it's a, a process of diminishing returns right to yeah. an extent or it could be yeah it can be yeah um but but to your point so so i've been leading a a community of practice within my department focused on technologies and writing and for a long time now for a long time yeah um and it's it's both technologies and writing online in in digital spaces but also physical spaces right it's very very interestingly connected to writing in all the all the ways yeah and i'm gonna step away from that um i'm gonna hand that off someone else is gonna lead it and exactly to your point like i'm so excited to see where the next person takes it right yeah 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 that'll it, be that yeah and you know to be like a hundred percent real like like there's feelings involved, you know, like oh, yeah. what's going to happen. You know, I always have the feelings of like, did I do enough? Like, you know, like th- these kind of things. But I also am just never, you know, whenever I have those feelings, I always got to like check myself. It's like the human check that scene, not asking somebody else right away, but 
just checking myself, like, are the things that I'm like being critical of things that are purely just human experience or did I really fuck something up? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, if nobody's telling you you're fucking up and you're just like kind of beating yourself up about it, you know, that might speak to a lack of community, you know, a lack of like leaning on your folks and trusting, trusting, you know, that's a big thing about the teaching communities that I think um, is it, is it focused on enough and emphasized enough is this idea of trusting your community. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I feel like that's, that goes to back to what I sort of the, there's a great line um, um, hooks is sharing this really hit me. It, it takes us in a slightly different direction, but but it, but it, but maybe we can follow it. Um, she says, uh, um, talking about teaching and kind of that initial, like everything has to be perfect, right? Oh, yeah. She says, when I began teaching, I would feel panic, a sense of crisis if there was a deviation from my set agenda. Yes. I think the crisis we all feel about changing agendas is the fear that we will not cover enough material. And in thinking this through... I have to undermine my own I. Maybe the material I most want them to know on a given day is not necessarily what learning is about. And there's a lot more in there, but but I think that that could be applied to a lot of the things that we agendize. Like I'm starting to panic because we're running out of time and this committee isn't doing what it needs to do. Yes. But am I stopping to 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 check my own sort of what I am prioritizing and ask, is that really serving learning learners, us as a community, et cetera? I feel like that happens most often to me when things are new, you know, it's a new role I'm taking on, you know, there's these new expectations. I don't even fully understand them or know them. You know, right. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my research and my homework on it. And once I get that, it, it feels so much more formal than it is most yeah. of the time. Right. Sometimes it is because there's like straight up rules, you know what I mean? Like you have to do, you have to do these things in this order and these things have to happen. Right. Right. But, but then when you go beyond that, it's like, uh, you want to be, you want to be the role until you're in the role long enough to be yourself. And that's kind of a hard thing. It's a, it's a transition period. Um, Some people could just like be themselves at all times. But like, that's kind of rough sometimes too, honestly. There, sure. Sometimes I see that that is not as respected, you know, overall. I, I, what I find in, 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 in communities is the people that are typically the most revered and respected have a really good balance of following the rules, challenging them when it's for the greater good, but then also um, showing enough of themselves without but then sacrificing the self when the group needs to coalesce, you know, and, 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 and really um, galvanize around something or on, you know, you know what I mean? Like when there's a challenge, like, like, look, it's not you inserting your personality here. What we actually need is to come together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that when, when hooks says that I, I hear, I hear all the complexity, right? It's, she is who she is and her identity and 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 there's so much interest we didn't even get there talking about the our bodies in spaces and being mindful yes. of, right not As, just a brain right the exactly like the 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 classic professor with the you know wrinkly shirt and the old lecture notes and because they're not supposed to be like 
you know, yeah. some in shape body or like whatever, a different body. They're they're there for mind. their mind. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so we we only have a few more minutes left because I have to go to another meeting. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I don't want to bring up something super, super this yeah. is super complex that I'm bringing up. I guess yeah. I just want to sort of yeah, maybe we yeah, we come back to this. <laughs> yeah, we gotta come back to this, yeah. Because I think for us that is a challenge. It's who I am as an individual, who I am uh, as a body in a space, who I am as a member of a community. Sometimes those things work perfectly together. And I think sometimes, you know, uh, we're challenged by community, right? With it, with our own individuality, et cetera. So. Yeah. Well, I think the awareness of the body that you you bring into the space, the mind that you bring into the space, these are good things. Yes. It can feel like they are weaponized against you, though. Right. In some cases, and that you are co-signing on that. You know. Right. So um, we got to be careful. Yeah, know. and that's that's that. I we need to we need to set some time off to really get into that because that that's a part of the chapter that really has you know is is critical and has me thinking and i want to talk about well we knew this was a big one so yes we'll we'll have a part two (laughs) we'll have a part two perfect all right (laughs) cool if you heard anything in this episode that has you thinking about how you teach why you teach or if anything made you feel joyful or even mad like you just yelled at your dishes or whooped while you were walking your neighborhood I've done those things. (laughs) Then we really want to hear from you. You can find us on the Twitter at Safe Topics. Let us know how you're responding to today's book stuff. Like, what did we miss? Or what did we totally get right? Or what questions did we raise for you? And best of all, how are you thinking about your teaching and students? We'll update what we're reading so you can read along if you want. And your feedback will shape our discussions as we go. We may even read some comments in the episodes to come. And not just the nice ones. Safe Topics is a safe setting for dangerous topics. That's right. If you like this episode, please rate and subscribe. We've never really asked people to do that before. I know. I think it's cool, though. We're ready to be rated and subscribed it. Yeah, and big thanks to Kelly Burnett and the rest of the Safe Topics team for editing, producing, promoting, and all the other wonderful backstage stuff you do. (laughs) And thank you for listening.